And now it's time for some choice words about Donald Trump's tiny inauguration. On Friday, I spent roughly nine hours from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the streets of drizzling Washington, D.C., inside and outside the Secret Service checkpoints at Donald Trump's inauguration. Look, I've been to every inauguration since January 1997, assessing supporters and protesters to gauge both size and enthusiasm. It's fun and a perk of living in Washington, D.C., Now, I wasn't planning to write about what I saw on Friday. It's a little out of my sporty lane until I saw Donald Trump press secretary Sean Spicer say on Saturday that, quote, this was the largest audience ever to witness an inauguration period, both in person and around the globe. Then, as his voice shook and his face became mottled, he shouted, These attempts to lessen the enthusiasm of the inauguration are shameful and wrong, end quote. The next day, Trump familiar Kellyanne Conway said that Spicer was merely stating, quote unquote, alternative facts. These are not alternative facts. These are lies. This is what is called gaslighting, which means when you manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. It's unconscionable behavior for an anonymous internet troll, let alone the press secretary of the president of the United States. It's one thing for a campaign to say things that are demonstrably untrue. That's been the reality for as long as we've had presidential campaigns. But it is chilling when people who hold the levers of power will look straight at a bank of cameras and lie. So here's the straight truth from someone who walked every inch of the inaugural ground on Friday. This was the smallest inauguration I've ever seen. I was tweeting that and saying it on camera during the day on Friday before I heard those observations justified by both aerial shots and Metro Rider statistics. Here I am on Democracy Now! saying just that. And I don't know whether it's the fact that Trump's approval ratings are in the 30s right now. I don't know if it's because he made all these promises to his supporters and he's bringing in the same crew of Goldman Sachs billionaires. I don't know if it's all the corruption and the scandals that are coming in, but you don't feel that enthusiasm among the Trumpites. I mean, we were chanting on the line coming in and Trump people just had their heads down. It's also worth saying that the Trump people I've seen are not the wealthy Bush types. I mean, these are folks who've made their trek. They definitely come from a different class element who are coming out here and they're not energized. And frankly, that's a really, really positive point to take from today. I said that Because I saw the empty stands that were supposed to be filled with throngs of Trump supporters. I said it because I saw how easy it was to ride public transportation and drive into downtown. I said it because of the surprisingly sparse smatterings of red baseball caps, as well as my conversations with local souvenir salespeople who were overloaded with MAGA merchandise that just wasn't moving. It was obvious. The people just weren't there. I can understand why Sean Spicer was clearly ordered to lie. It's not just because of Trump's obsession with insisting that things in his life that are small, his hands, his net worth, whatever, are actually huge. 
The motivation for these reckless and easily provable lies are found in the second part of Spicer's statement. Quote, these attempts to lessen the enthusiasm of the inauguration are shameful and wrong, end quote. The fear of waning enthusiasm among the Trump faithful is real and well-founded. Not only does he enter office with the lowest approval ratings in the history of recorded numbers for an incoming president, not only does a significant majority dislike the way he has handled the transition of power, but his base supporters are looking at his appointment of billionaires, Goldman Sachs folk, and DC swamp dwellers, and already wondering if they were sold a false bill of goods. I spent a good part of Friday looking for people in those red caps and speaking to them. I cannot say loudly enough how different their mood was from the 2000 and 2004 people with whom I spoke at the Bush-Cheney inaugurations. The Bushies were confident, ready to argue, and even fight. The famously pugnacious Trumpites were unsure, confused by the small turnout, and disoriented about how to respond to being on security checkpoint lines and finding themselves outnumbered by chanting protesters. Walter, a Trump supporter from Virginia, said to me, This isn't what I thought it would be. I thought this was going to be like our version of Woodstock. Instead, I'm just cold. Susan from West Virginia said to me, On the plus side, I guess it can't get worse. And I'm still glad we're going to get the Supreme Court. But today, this is sad. End quote. Raymond from West Virginia shrugged his shoulders and said, I thought it would be like one of the rallies. Instead, it's this. Raymond then asked if I was Jewish. I said, yes. And he said, just checking. I said, come on, Raymond. Even your anti-Semitism sounds demoralized. He looked down sheepishly, and I almost felt sorry for him. In addition, the Secret Service and TSA in charge of the checkpoints, both groups maligned by this administration, were cracking jokes about the president-elect as we were going through the metal detectors. One TSA agent even took a button from me that said, Solidarity Trump's hate. He wasn't confiscating the button. He took it to wear later, as he told me. If it wasn't for the thousands of protesters who came out for both permitted and non-permitted demonstrations, I wonder if the day would have had any life at all. I know many are making jokes about Sean Spicer, Kellyanne Conway, and their embrace of alternative facts. On one level, you laugh to keep from losing your mind. It's like the scene in Woody Allen's Bananas when the crazed dictator says, From this day on, the official language of San Marcos will be Swedish. Silence! In addition to that, all citizens will be required to change their underwear every half hour. Underwear will be worn on the outside so we can check. Furthermore, all children under 16 years old are now 16 years old. But jokes alone are not going to cut it right now. It would have been so easy for Sean Spicer to say, hey, it was a rainy Friday, the crowds were small, time to get to work making America great again. The fact that they can't admit something so small raises the terrifying prospect of what they will say when the question is not about crowd sizes, but about whether or not to go to war. The great historian Howard Zinn once said, all governments lie. And that's true. 
but I don't think there's ever been a group of people willing to set the bar so low. Unlike the Bush people, they're not even bothering to construct false evidence for their lies. They're just betting a majority of the country won't care. We have to be better than that. We have to be better than them. The future depends on it. <laughs>